Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Hi everyone, this is Alessandra, Kara and Michael. Hello. <laughs> so, we haven't set a topic today, but I personally feel very inspired to talk about trauma and uh, discovering the darkness or exploring the darkness within ourselves, within the universe. I've, um, I'll share what happened with me this week is that I'm not going to share specifics, but in the beginning of the week, I accessed a memory of something that happened a long, long time ago, which, you know, was a conscious memory, but it was the first time in a very long time that I could access the feelings behind what actually happened. So it was like opening up a box of like deep, deep pain and big, big confusion because it was like coming in contact with 15-year-old version of me, so I really got in contact with, like, this traumatized teenager, and at the same time, I also had, you know, the me now, and even though I have um, received so many practices, techniques, and worked a lot on myself the past few years, that was a challenge, and I remember you, Michael, spoke in the first episode with you about how you through your friend also got to experience darkness and which is a path toward greater light, greater love, which I feel, you know, I can't say I worked through that trauma, but just through with friends and with uh, help, I worked a lot with the energy to try and move it this week. And when we can shift, I've seen this with other things I've been working with, with therapists or healer, is when we can move through something and sit with the pain and observe it, when we come out on the other side, it's like, why, why, why was I so afraid of feeling that? But when, but when we're in it, it's <laughs> not pleasant. It's not easy. And um, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have a lot of friends to reach out to. Because I think that is why we avoid opening up those doors to our traumas. Because sitting with it alone and like trying, you have to go to work, you have to take care of your child. But all I wanted to do was just, you know, go off in a cabin in the woods. I wouldn't, I wouldn't run want to be alone either. But <laughs> I don't want to pretend in front of people that everything is fine when it really isn't. Right. So I don't know. The, the authenticity thing. Yeah. It, it becomes increasingly painful to put on a false front. We mm -hmm. are what we are in a given moment. Yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like in society today, I was part of a group during the fall, which we did a it's an energy flow breathing technique. So, and then you have like a discussion with the group. So it's it's a form of healing as well. And I remember one woman shared that how you know people are not really authentic as you said because people ask how so how are you but how many people really mean it when they ask that so how are you and she's like so if I said you know my life is shit right now <laughs> I want to cry or if you start to cry 
how many people would actually stay there with you? Like, mm. I mean, can we sit with each other with our pain? Mm. Yeah. That is that is challenging. That is. Not, not everyone can do that. That's a beautiful question, really, that you just asked the whole of humanity. Can we sit with each other <laughs> in our pain? Uh, Mm, yeah, that certainly is the um, it is a hallmark of um, a, a true compassionate healer is able to do that. And there's a difference, of course, between you know a medical necessary medical profession and a, a professional or a doctor and a healer. And they may be or may not be a healer, but that is that's the hallmark of a healer is being not afraid to sit there with you and feel it with you. Um, and there's a lot of power in that. I guess you, Michael, have done this journey of learning how to sit with pain. Mm, indeed. Mm. Um, there's a um, there's a powerful archetype uh, referred to as the wounded healer. Um, that archetype is Chiron, the centaur, mm -hmm. who is uh, wounded in, uh, uh, by an arrow that's been dipped in the blood of the hydra in it causes him enormous torment um and uh, being immortal though it doesn't kill him it just just uh it creates a just a torturous pain and so he goes on a quest and uh his quest is to find his own remedy to heal that that pain within him and through that process of of his questing he learns uh, so much about the healing arts and is able to to touch the lives of many and heal heal those around him uh, through his own endeavors and his own seeking to heal that which ails him. And um, so I think those uh, those that are I say called to that orientation and you know who you are. Uh, you tend to be gifted coming into this planet as being highly empathic. Probably nobody who's listening to this is, fits that bill whatsoever, right? <laughs> it's a mystery. Um, no, but as empaths, that's what, yeah. Uh, so it's, a, it's the power of being an empath that allows us to uh, share a load with another. And um, sort of like adding, um, it's like adding more bandwidth or more computing process and being able to parallel process in a task that might be too much of a load for just one to go through by themselves. When that load is shared with another, then it becomes manageable. Mm. And the resolution of it is, this is one of the things I kind of, the, the nature of pain uh the pain itself is always temporal mm. it's it's not eternal uh, but the growth that comes from it and the compassion opening and awakening of compassion that we gain from going through the pain that is eternal yeah so we trade a temporal experience for an eternal benefit yeah you know, I was 
in the beginning of the week when I was like in the middle of my pain. I know you say, and I know rationally, I can tell myself, you know, this is not going to last forever. It's going to pass. I know that. <laughs> but when, when we're in it, when we're feeling it, it's like, oh my God, when will this end? You know, and like I meditate, Same. I do my yoga practices, but it's still there because it's, it's intense and it's a confused 15 year old suddenly waking up <laughs> again in this body. And, um, you know, I was trying to find like a meaning to it. And I was like asking mm. for guidance, higher guidance. Like, why? Why would this happen to me? Why would you give me that story? You know, I, I don't want this to be my story. Right. And then suddenly my daughter said to me, we, were, we, were, we had not been talking. We were just in the bathroom. I think we were putting something in the washing machine. And she just said to me, it doesn't matter, mama. I was like, what did you say? Oh. It doesn't matter, mama. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Wow. Because you know, and also, babe. when I when I look back, you know, there were there were stories, but um when I look back at the pain I've been given in this life, I just see how if I didn't have that, I would not have come to this point. I know it's a cheesy thing to say, but and I'm not saying, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be this person, but like, I wouldn't be sitting here talking with the two of you. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. opened up my heart to higher guidance, which really has transformed my life. And I would just have gone on living like the, the do you call it in English, the, the, the hamster wheel of life? Yep, uh-huh. exactly. But, you know, the pain brought me on my knees and... Um, and also like you said I think pain also helps us to relate to others because I you know I've even people that have done us wrong I think when we can start to understand pain we can see Mm -hmm. others when they behave badly it's like okay well Mm -hmm. you're doing it's not okay but I, I see you I see you with your pain I don't see your behaviors I see ten year old version of you like yearning for love, yearning to be seen, yearning to be heard or whatever. And so that is the gift of pain, I think. That is the gift and it it allows us to relate. And so when we come through it, this is a really cool thing because well cool thing. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, there's so much that this life has to offer and so many different, um, um, experiences to be had, uh, for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when we've gone through something, then that makes us able to help others so that, um, so that, uh, ultimately not everyone has to go through it. Mm. That makes sense. And so um, the that talking about that compassion, once you've moved through something and you can find the compassion, the, rest, the restoration of the compassion at heart, then that heals all those around you. When you're just even walking, you know, through the grocery store, just passing people by, just through the field itself. Mm. It begins to help everyone around us. Um, 
And that's a that's a real beautiful thing. And you know, it just might be at a soul level that we signed up to have some of these experiences so that we could help uplift uh, the rest of humanity and those that we would be interacting with later in life. Mm. Just saying. Yeah, you sort of think we don't know, but that's kind of like what I what I was looking for in the beginning of the week. Like, could someone just come and tell me, like, this is all, you know, what your soul signed up for, mm. which I know, which I know it is, but it's like you want someone to tell you, but you signed up for this. This has a meaning. Blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can I ask a, something about the empathy part? So, um, you know, we've talked about compassion and, and empathy. And I know that when this sort of topic has come up in my classes or we talk about like the expansion of the heart and um, the importance of engaging the heart in meditation, I've had people say, I am so sensitive and empathic um, that I worry about having my heart open too much. These are this is something that I've been said to by other people, but they're they feel uh-huh. like they um, don't want to open their heart more because they don't want to take on things. So I know, like you know, Alessandra and I spoke this week when she was going through a hard time, and I'm crying listening to her. You know, uh-huh. breaking through what she was breaking through, and and. And I appreciated, you know, being part of that journey. And um, so it it wasn't like too much or anything, but you do feel, you know, you feel mm-hmm. what, the, how they're suffering. And, um, and so I don't know, I wonder just energetically, I mean, you mentioned something about like sharing the pain, like energetically, are you, are you able when you are, I guess it's two questions, really. So when you're help when you're with somebody while they're feeling things like that, are you energetically helping them? And then the second piece would be that worry that somebody might have that they feel too much and it affects them too much, and then they're they feel dragged down by it, perhaps, or like they're taking on too much. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it does happen with a lot of practitioners and healers who get into doing, uh, particularly, uh, tend to gravitate a lot to, um, like massage and body work and doing, you know, um, that kind of, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, energy work as well. And, um, that, uh, the importance of having, you know, a daily ritual after work that you, um, where you, you cleanse your own auric fields that certainly is a important thing we've touched upon that in our uh our uh, previous uh podcast when we're talking about the connections with the elements and using um you know earth water fire and air uh to purify ourselves and so that's um that's a really good uh good practice uh to the extent that you're able to do it um and uh, it's it's fairly typical for those that are in the, the kind of profession is that they're busy taking care of everybody and they forget to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew when I was, uh, when I kind of opened up shop and I was doing some healing work there in Bloomington during that whole period with uh, Lake Monroe, I 
kind of like liken myself to like a healer's healer kind of thing. So all the other healers in town were coming to see me because they they need help too. Mm. And, and so it's okay to to, to just to to admit that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we we need a little support also, and it's particularly important for an empath. And the other thing to kind of keep in mind is empathy itself is uh, kind of generic. So we talk about empathy um, and compassion. There's a relationship between the two. Uh, empathy just allows you to feel what somebody else is feeling, whatever that happens to be. Uh, compassion is what helps process it and move those feelings through. Hmm. Hmm. Empathy alone, okay. May you may be sitting around someone who's just full of hatred and whatnot, and their vibes are like ah, because you're feeling just what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it can be um, the the importance of compassion is the uh, is this unconditional love uh, love space this space of non-judgment it's not possible to to judge another and you were just kind of really talking to highlight you use a little different words there alessandra but in the non-judgmental space that's where the energies can actually pass through mm. but as soon as we latch on to anything and begin to judge it. So we're judging the person who's sitting next to us because they're so full of hatred. Then that's when we start to actually collect those energies and aren't able to process them. Okay. And so it's a, it's a, it's a tricky bit of business as well, especially for those who are in kind of this awakening process. They're going to feel their, their fields are going to be expanding more and more. So they'll be picking up more and more, being more sensitive. And uh, it can become an overwhelming thing to, you know, it's like, wow, go down to, you got to go down to Wally World to pick up some toothpaste. And you get out of here like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just happened to me <laughs> and it's just the uh it's the environment all those different people you just don't know what you're going to be going through mm-hmm. on the simplest tasks um just run into the store and back so um the it took me i remember there was a day i'd say i think it was long about um, 2013, somewhere in there, where I like had a graduation moment. Y'all know that kind of moments where you, you're like, yay, you just processed something or whatever. It's like graduation day. You just, I just moved to the third grade. Yay. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, and I graduated. Um, um, out of like empathy school and the gift was, uh, I actually can now have a, like a little throttle, like a dial so I can turn it up or down. Mm-hmm. I didn't used to be able to do that. It just kept expanding and expanding. I didn't have mastery or, or command over my own, my own energy system to be able to dial it down. Mm-hmm. And so everything was just ever increasing 
sensitivity to everything. And then after that graduation, so for those of you out there, if you haven't hit that point yet, there's light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> and so eventually you'll be able to master your own em empathy to be able to, to extend it and retract it as needed for you to be able to, to function in the way that you need to function here in this world. Mm -hmm. Well, I can only hope this was graduation week so I can start <laughs> tuning <laughs> on and off. Right? Well, it's been a lot of that going around. Um, it's been a potent start to this new year and a lot of a lot of people going through shifts. So I'm going down for the count, you know, getting the quote flu, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, burning off what no longer serves and then, um, yeah, emerging anew with the uh, uh, kind of almost a renewed lease on life of, with uh, access to new reality threads that um, were, were were not uh, accessible um, mm. even but a few weeks ago. Mm. So that's an, yeah, so I'll support you on that. Happy graduation. Yeah, <laughs> brava. But you know, I actually, you know, I, I felt this whole week, I think it started during the weekend and it was like, and I, and I had been praying. So my answers were, my prayers were answered for sure. Like remove whatever is standing in my way, you know, of living like my heart wants to live. And of course, prayers are answered. Yeah. Perhaps not in the way we hope to, or, or it's just, I I guess it is answered in the way we hope to, but it's just a process of that. Like you shared, Michael, in the first episode where you're like, oh, I want to feel this love all the time. And God, the universe is going, okay, sure. <laughs> you just You've got to like, clear oh. some stuff out. But I had to go, go through this first? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I just felt my body this whole week was like, I could really feel the buzzing of energy, like literally like... Like things are burning in my body, like burning up old karma. Mm -hmm. And um, if if I may, I'd like to kind of, I mean, we're talking a little bit here. We're talking about empathy, of course. We're talking about compassion. And we started this all off about talking about pain. Sometimes pain that's been, that's, that's been buried in there for God knows how long, right? And that might, yeah. when it surfaces again, which in a sense is a, it, it is a blessing because it's time. Mm -hmm. And if it surfaces again, it means it's time for it to to be released. And um, I'd like to relate this also a bit to how um, uh, how the personality self interacts with those around us and how this these um stored traumas can lead to uh life scripts right is that yeah. sound all right yeah okay, please. so i'll give an example of this uh this was 2012 when i was here in sedona i was over at a, a friend's house that we'd been spending some time together and and um, we're just standing there in his, in his living room, and he starts, um, he starts, he was talking about something. I'm not even sure what he was talking about, but I could, all of a sudden, I just wanted to punch him in the face. I just literally just wanted to punch him and just square dead in the mouth. And it wasn't that he was saying anything <laughs> offensive. He wasn't certainly saying anything personal. He wasn't nothing. I, but I'm sitting there, and now, now I'm. 
I, I was in a few bar fights back in, in, in college or something, but, you know, I, I set down my sword, so to speak, and was, uh, you know, I'm walking the path of love. I'm not a violent person. Uh, I'm too empathic for that. As soon as I'd hit somebody, I'd be like, ow, I don't know if that hurt me more than for you. Right? Stop punching yourself. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to beat the mirror. I know how that works. Um, but uh, so I'm just standing there and I'm like, why am I wanting to punch him in the mouth? And I started to hear, here, I say here, and um, uh, tune in to you. Um, a thread, a reality thread emanating from him that was running through me. And it kept saying, beat me. Mm. Beat me. And I could look, I, you know, as I kind of trace that thread back, I'm like, okay, we're going back. There's some child, very early on childhood uh, traumas. Um, and uh, that haven't been dealt, dealt with in my friend there and so what he's doing is he's running this script subconsciously that someone will beat him much kind of in the way that you know certain priests or something will flagellate themselves in order to to feel a penance for sins or something like that they feel like they've done something wrong and so they need to be punished um, this is his case. This is his particular case. So he's just wants, he's putting that out. And that's just part of the script, this, this nonverbal script that's actually running in his auric field surrounding him. That's going to play a part in all of his interactions with people. Mm. Uh, and that thread will seek out an actor, if you will who has no qualms and won't second judge from just going ahead and jacking him in the teeth. Is that, hmm. So when uh, that event finally does happen and he gets punched, it was his script. He just found somebody willing to act it out. Hmm. But even that um, is only to serve the purpose of revealing or bringing that script out of the subconscious so that it can be dealt with. Now, the idea is, or the notion is, is we, as we grow in our awareness of our own self and the program scripts that we're running within our personality system, that we can change those programs before they have to act out. Yeah. And part of what we're talking about here in the various there's various different techniques and stuff but certainly if you any kind of stored trauma that's in the emotional body will will fester there and it will eventually start to create a script that's going to play out mm -hmm. and so what we want to do is to is to process that and to be able to release that so it doesn't govern our future relationships with each other. And it does over and over again. And we get feel like, why? Why is this happening to me? Why do I always, you know, mm. fall for the wrong guy or gal or whatever? These that tends to play out a lot in, um, um, in those kinds of partnership uh, um, 
and romantic relationships where it's, it's the same thing happening over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so um, whenever that repeat pattern is occurring, it's just a, that's kind of a cue that we got to look within. And then it's the various different techniques to be able to, to identify where um, what that feeling happens to be where it might reside and even if you don't know where its origin is but if you can pinpoint what the 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 emotion is oh i feel incredible sadness or i feel mm, i feel um uh this just terrible like betrayal or i you know or i feel um dirty you know like some i feel like i've been violated which is an awful type of feeling um but we can identify what the emotion is and then just sit with that emotion and feel it and as uncomfortable as that might be that's what helps to unravel that and so that it can empty out of our energy system and no longer govern any of the scripts that we are actually facing and experiencing in life Mm, yeah and that's what kind of happened to me this week as well. As I accessed this and got to the root, like, you know, the script changed. Like, and so many things in my life made complete sense, which, you know, I've been blaming myself for or felt shame over. It's like, well, that makes yeah. complete sense, you know, because as you said, I had this subconscious programming, which made me keep on attracting people to reaffirm what I already was telling myself. And, you know, it was just more and more intense. And you're like, why do I have to live this again and again? And, you know, you almost go crazy because it's like, I don't want to do this again. Mm. Yeah. But it's in that breaking point that we can really start to heal. Mm. I think this... um really flows beautifully as well into some things that have come up in the podcast in the last few episodes by with different people, but um, about, particularly in the yogic tradition, we can have a habit of, um, you know, of trying to achieve bliss and love and letting it go and, you know, not... Mm-hmm allowing the hard things to come in because it's so focused on bliss and love and all the positive and and that is a state of divinity um but i think that there can be such an emphasis on it that we deny that there is the darkness too and we have to and and that denial i think can be really dangerous and and so there is so much catharsis that comes from that from sitting with it, as you're saying, Michael, you know, and feeling it and being okay with it and, and not being, um, afraid of it or feeling ashamed if we are, you know, down and, and feeling the negativity. And, um, so I know it, I know it is uncomfortable to say the least to be processing the things that you've been processing this week. And then, unfortunately, I feel like you add on top of it, <laughs> sort of, you know, the there's definitely, obviously, goodness in the teachings and in the, 
um, the philosophy that goes with like we're trying to achieve bliss, you know, but it it also, um, you know, it is so important to to stay open to the human experience as well and allow it to process through. Or it's more like we are that, you know, our essence is that. But it's like I got this visual of <laughs> myself because that's what we do. We're just peeling off all these layers, which, uh, yeah, we were connecting with someone who will come on the podcast in the future. But she was saying, you know, the more traumatized you are, the more you have to peel off before you can, you know, connect with your true self. Mm. And <laughs> I just saw this like mud ball <laughs> with this shining, um, let's say, seed in within mm. that's kind of what it felt like you know but i was cleaning off the mud a lot of mud <laughs> this week mm. well you know as you know it's um yeah where do, where do seeds grow but when they're planted in the dirt right right <laughs> yeah there's uh and uh, you know it, it's uh it, Everything ultimately works out for uh, in, in epic beauty. So, if if we're not really at the epic beauty point yet, don't worry, your story's not over yet. It's not, you know, it's the best is still to come. Um, the what you were saying there, Kara, about um, the whole like positive thinking kind of. Um, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. It's the it's like okay, oh, somebody's always just trying to stay po positive, and it's really interesting um, that these the said individuals, while uh, uh, have a tendency to be easily triggered. So if you bring up anything that might be a negative or a criticism or anything like that they're very reactionary to it because they have not made that journey yet to go through it, to process all that. So the authenticity only comes when we have are able to be fully honest with ourself about our whole experience here. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember sometimes from now I was sitting with this feeling of like, oh my goodness, I hate me. I hate myself. That isn't the ultimate truth. That is actually just a feeling that I had that was stored in there of, you know, that was a jumbled mess of things like, you know, sh shame and whatnot and, and uh, lack of self-acceptance and hadn't forgiven myself and all that kind of stuff all stuck together. Now, that will actually start to create again. We'll create a certain script where all of a sudden I'll be attracting people who will actually give me the kind of, they'll trigger me by saying things to me that make me feel that way about myself. And um, since going through all of that, to be able to sit with all those emotions, even though, you know, they're, um, yeah, I, these are the little things where I call them, they're like personal truths based on one's own experience. They're not universal or absolute truth. You know, the absolute truth is really in how much we're so deeply in love with, with uh, one another and ourselves. That's the real truth of it all. Um, 
but these other things, um, as we, uh, as we give them and we're able to go through and listen to all those things, then it gives us the authenticity to not be triggered. And, and that's, you know, there's a number of different mystery schools that speak of, you know, kind of the Buddhists is like talking about the middle way. That's not to be overweight, you know, one end or the other is to not be the pendulum that's swinging back and forth, but be the, the to be the stable center of it all. Mm. Which is, you know, kind of what yoga says as well, you know, of the, you have the duality and you don't want to be, yeah, too extreme. No, mm. no. And it, it won't work, but it just won't work. Yeah. <laughs> it won't, you know, then you have to, to bring back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to cover up or or uh, just deny or look away like uh, an ostrich or something um, about these aspects of ourself, it just does, it simply just won't work. Mm-hmm. And there's some merit to the retraining of the way that our brain is able to catch thoughts and interrupt them, so that it doesn't take us into some kind of downward spiral into the pits. Mm-hmm. And it means that you know something. Um, something unfortunate happens in our life doesn't mean that we got to, you know, run off and jump into the abyss because of it. Um, uh, but we certainly um, can't deny it either. And I'm thinking what you said also when you shared a story of how you felt triggered uh, with your friend. And I mean, this is also something we can see within ourselves. If you feel triggered by someone that's you know i remember we had um was it kelly curry on the podcast earlier in 2019 and she was sharing how she felt really really angry with this woman in group therapy which like she said there was nothing wrong with what she was saying but i was so angry and afterwards she called the therapist and like and what this woman did was just that she helped her bring up a big big trauma for her so you know not looking at, you know, what is this person doing wrong? But when we react very strongly, that can be, you know, a sign that something is trying to come up. And like you said, that we can really don't try and push it away, but it's like, it's good that it's coming up. As you said to me, it's coming to be released. And yes, it might be uncomfortable for a little while, but it's like, you know, if, if you get shot and the bullet is stuck in your leg, you don't want to walk around with a bullet might no. hurt a little bit to pull it out but rather pull it out and heal than you know keep on having a bullet inside your leg bought on amen oh but do we want to leave some some tips for the listeners and i don't know how to do this journey or um Yeah, with fear and trembling, I think, or something. Or is that... uh... (laughs) (laughs) So hopeful. Uh, With perseverance. There's there's so many different, I guess, you know, techniques and tactics. And, I mean, for those who seek, I'm sure they'll find, you know, can find the ways that work for them. Um, uh, You know, those who... um, who uh, practiced in meditation, one of the things to do 
is to uh, to understand that your your eternal self, your soul self, okay, is beyond all space and time. So that we can have conversations with past our past self, our 15-year-old self. And uh, there's different ways to do it. But you can, you know, just kind of, you can sit down at a table or sit down on the rug and face off against this version, this past version of uh, yourself. And, uh, um, and then uh, hear what this version has to say. And that alone is just incredibly potent and powerful. Um, There's another technique eventually. So this will get kind of gets the ball rolling. That'll pull out like the bullets, the, Mm -hmm. or the cannonballs, whatever, whatever's really stored in there is the big issues. Uh, but then we can be also like peppered with uh, like with uh, like shotgun blasts where you're like looking and you're like, oh, my goodness, if I have to do this for every little pellet I got stored in me, I'm going to be here for a while, mm-hmm. like a million years before I get all this stuff out. <laughs> so how do we actually move to the next level and being able to um, – Offer a helping hand to all versions of ourself, um, both past and future, and um, to give them the upliftment that they need. And one way that I found to do this is that I would um, I would move in my own walk and journey. So there was, you know, there was the there's the dealing with trauma times, but there was the graduation moments as well. There was the peak experiences where I was able to reach uh, a higher uh, vibration and um, really step into. And when that happens, it's like graduation day. It's um, it feels beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is in that moment. It's a sacred moment. So I'm going to take that which I feel in my heart right now that is spreading through my whole body that feels so wonderful. And I'm sending it through space and time and reaching out and gifting this vibration with all of me wherever I am in that moment, past and future. I give the gift of this love space I am in now to all of me. And the the next thing to do from that is, as we're opening up, is that this is a beautiful love exchange. So to know that there is actually a future version of me that has reached its own peak point and is doing the same thing so that future me is right now is sending that that vibration through time as well so i can now open up to receive the gifts as i give to all of me i receive from all of me also the best of what 
I have to offer. If this uh, can be kind of to connect things back in to kind of where they started on this this particular uh, beautiful podcast session with uh, with the, the two of you and everyone who's listening. Uh, this is something that I uh, wrote a few years ago. Um, and I'd write, write just before, uh, it was, it was uh, during the Christmas time, 2017. And this one goes out to all who are feeling alone this Christmas season. In the, in the river of sadness that flows through the underworld, there is a song that sings of a love that was lost. Melancholic at first, melodic it grows. It is a song, song sung by all who have suffered such fate as to lose their way to the heavenly gate. It is the last thread of love's great light, still true, no matter how bright. And all that is true is a treasure indeed from the mightiest tree to the tiniest seed. Where there is treasure, there is one who will come to gather it up and carry it home. So that which was lost will always be found as the flower of life keeps turning around. For the joy does come with love's greatest feat in making us all whole and complete. Thank you, Michael. So beautiful. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been a lovely session once again. Thank you all for listening, and we look forward to uh, connecting with you all again. Yeah, thank you, you so too. much. All right. Signing off for now. Michael out from Sedona. Big love. Great big hugs to each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, everyone. And we look forward to the next meditation conversation. Bye.